Welcome aboard the BK Escape Pod. That's right, it's the augmented and bionic podcast version of the live show. You can hear Saturdays from 10 a.m. till 12 p.m. Eastern on 100.3 FM and AM 1450 WBHF Radio. You can stream the show live there Saturdays at WBHFradio.org or on the free TuneIn app. Look out, here we go. Hello there, this is BK on the air, here to tell you that if you hear the telephone number, please don't call, because this is a rebroadcast. Any questions? Yeah, I got a question. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? Give you the answer to that question, Mr. Bender, next Saturday. Don't mess with the bull, young man, you'll get the horns. Stand by to receive our transmission. only have to just wait a scant week for me to come back on the air if you are waiting or or you're the type that goes oh no it's been a week is he back on the air <laughs> yeah so i know we do a lot of news and a lot of sports and a lot of local community reporting Saturday here already BHF. oh <laughs> is that is that time for that again reminds me you gotta take the trash out did he <laughs> did they still retain him as an employee of that radio station yes they did i'm still here they haven't guess they didn't get my letter they haven't thrown me off yet hey Write all the letters you want. Like I say, good or bad, I like getting the response and the uh, and the press or whatever I can get. I do want to uh, – you – got to tell you something, by the way. I want to start off today, and we got a lot to cover on the show today. I've got uh, an inventor who invented a vacuum cleaner that vacuums up Lego pieces. Wait till you hear what it does with them. <laughs> it's really cool. Uh, they're remastering one of my favorite movies. It's a Star Trek film. If you're an Uber user or Lyft, have you ever used Uber or Lyft? you ever used either one of them well, Yes, I have. Okay. The only time I've ever had to use – and it was Lyft that I used – is when I would drop my vehicle off for service, mm-hmm. and they'd go, okay, you need to go back anywhere. We'll take you, and it's for free. We just provide that, and it was a Lyft driver, so I've done that three or four times doing that. I have a list of the best and the uh, the best and the worst Uber stories. Uber. <laughs> this is really I had to clean some of these up, by the way. I can't wait. On this day in history, we've got a lot of that. Birthdays coming up on the program. Uh, an iconic car, which I hit on a little bit last week, but I didn't do the whole stories, uh, joining a, a movie car museum in L.A., which is kind of cool. Some movies you're going to be able to see in the theater coming up soon. I got that list, too. But I want to start off with this because... Sometimes I see people driving, and I wonder how in the heck they ever got out on the road with a driver's license. I'm convinced that some of these people went to get a license, and after taking the test and whatever, over and over, maybe failing it and just being a total dumbass, <laughs> the person in the in the, in the the driver's license office, I'm just convinced they went, here, just just take the license. Just I'm go just, away. I, we don't want to see you anymore. You pass. Just, yeah, just take I the license. I don't need to have my life flash before my driving. eyes anymore. Let somebody else have that fun. I was driving on one of the major interstates in Atlanta just two days ago, and I saw a vehicle in the left, far left lane, you know, you've you, you got five lanes of interstate. Just imagine five lanes, far left lane. What's to the left of you in that lane? A median. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere to go except maybe a, maybe a small emergency lane if you've right. got one. If they've got right, a shoulder. Here's what I saw this lady doing in this car. Number one. She was in the far left lane. What's that usually reserved for? People that drive with the speed limit or faster. That's, you know, it's that's known as the it. passing right. lane, which she's, means you're going faster. Number one. She's doing 10 miles below the speed limit in the far left lane. Uh, That's just strike one. And there's more than three strikes here. Strike two. When I finally went around her or whatever, she's got, was that your stomach? That was my stomach. Holy cow. My wife's tummy hungry. does that. <laughs> it needs more than coffee this morning. Got a rumbly in my tumbly. 
Oh, good. Do you have some honey? I love it. I love it when Tommy Lee Jones, as the general, says that to uh, Zola in <laughs> at Captain America. He's like, you know, he gives him the steak and the glass of milk, and he's like, it's not poisoned. Eat it. We just want you to t- tell us some information. And he doesn't eat it, and he starts <laughs> he starts eating it. You know, and he, he's like, uh, he's like, you got you got a rumbly in the tummy. <laughs> That's what he tells him. A rumbly in my funny. tumbly. Uh, but yeah, this vehicle was um, ten miles under the speed limit. Number two, she was wearing a mask and a face shield in the car. <laughs> Number three, it's, it's, it goes on. <laughs> when she finally got out of that lane and moved over to the second to the left lane where I could pass her, I mean, I did finally go by her, she had closed the car door on whatever clothing she was wearing, and it was dragging the ground <laughs> on the on the pavement. So she's going to have a really dirty corner of her sweater <laughs> or her dress or whatever the heck it had. That's, that's, that's another strike. And here's the next one. Oh, my gosh. Her gas flap was open uh, where you put she put fuel in her car. It was it was the gas door was open and the and the the, the gas cap was still on one of those little string the little plastic things and it was going it was just the wind was blowing it around. So that's a person that number one I'm never going to ride with and I just don't want any interaction with. She had so many strikes against her <laughs> that was that's that's just that was like that was that's... a classic example of of just clueless yeah you no want to idea talk about what's going on people that walk around with a particular fog around their head nonstop. Oh, they just hers was hers was pea soup fog it was like two feet two feet it was so thick even the even the ghosts of john carpenter's flick said i ain't going there there's nothing <laughs> she, first of all nothing in there worth getting she scares us <laughs> we ghosts are scared of her we don't want to have anything to do with her so that found that interesting when i when i passed by that person on an interstate in atlanta this week it just it just amazed me couldn't believe it did you ever do that thing when you were a kid, um, or at least you know, where like you would do like the hand motion of like, a, like almost like it's a monster, like what's this? And you're like, right, you, yeah. It's like it's a brain sucker, and then you go on. Someone said to you, you know what this is? It's a brain sucker starving. <laughs> With your yeah, there's nothing. Your there's nothing up here to eat. Freaking going up. That's exactly up. when you tell me about people like that. I'm like, that's exactly <laughs> what that joke was for. Is like no. uh, my 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 brain eater's gonna well, die. I always got this. Hold your hand out where your fingers just pointed down. And I always got this in school, and, and people thought I'd never heard it. I'm like, oh, I heard, I've heard that 50,000 times. They're like, what is this? It's a brain eater. <laughs> yeah. It's, they're like, uh, no, no, no. They would hold their hand up like this with their fingers up, pointing okay, up. up. Okay. They're like, what is this? I'm like, I don't know. It's your hands with your fingers out. He's like, no, it's a dead one of these. It's a d- and he just turned the hand over where it looked like <laughs> fingers were pointing downwards. I'm like, oh, great. Like, I haven't heard that before. You act like I act like I hadn't heard it because I just told it wrong. I had to change it. But hey, it's been a long time since elementary school for me. It has. It's been, been a long time. A long time. Long Hello there. Time. <laughs> Obi Wan. There's a name I've not heard in a long time. Is it? Did you do that all the time when you use the phrase "long time"? You have to follow it up with "a long <laughs> time." I do all the freaking time. All the well, time. I did. I'm like, you know, I haven't heard that song in a long time. A long, a long time. time. <laughs> My wife looks at me like, why? Did, or like, never mind. It's just an Obi Wan reference. Or when the number d- it didn't come up a lot, but when the number ninety four came up, I would do the same 94. thing. Is like, what is it? Uh, Docking Bay ninety four. Ninety four. <laughs> Got to repeat it. Obi Wan. Hey, I'm a things. member of a Star Wars fan group <laughs> slash podcast group. And anytime someone gets a receipt that like you are customer ninety four, they yeah. take a picture and submit it. Like everything That's about ninety four. That's great though. It's it's really funny. It's like. You will be next served in the picture, 94. 94. <laughs> or somebody says, look at my grocery bill came out to exactly $94. $94. See, that's great. 94. 94. There are certain things that only only people <laughs> like us. Right. Well, you know, people what, like us. When yeah, you do that, that and they go, oh, 
Then you go, I have found a comrade. I can be friends with you. <laughs> you and I can hang out. And that's going to be bad for you because I'm going to be your friend and you're really going to regret it. <laughs> your circle has just <laughs> gone down one notch. I'll just reiterate. I'm very much looking forward to Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series. It's, yeah. it, to me, I'm like, it should be here already. We've waited long enough, but I'm looking forward to that. And, well, we get uh, Moon Knight first. Yeah, some, then some, we get Doc Strange too. Yeah, well, so we got stuff to hold us over until we get there. Uh, I'm, somebody I'm really said, looking forward. Somebody to Moon said, uh, "Why are they, why why are people saying hello there for Obi Wan Kenobi? Hello there!" And I'm like, "They're like that was in the that was in the prequels. I hate the prequels. Don't do a prequel line." I'm like, "No, he first said it in he Star said Wars. It in the first Star Wars to R two D two. Yeah, when he heard R two squeaking, he was like, hello there." Wake up, will you? Hello. Smack him in the face. It's like, well, stop that. They may not have seen the classic as many times as we have that we've got That's memorized. That's the problem. That's the problem. Yeah, it's become there. we got a lot of news coming up. Stuff. Golden Rage of TV after the break. Flash the audience at the bottom of this hour. I just got too much. We can't squeeze it in. We're fat. We're fat. We're overloaded. BK, man. Another happy landing. Sponsored by Parker Brothers. Homemade fun. For over 90 years. This is Rom, the Space Knight. You can imagine he comes from another galaxy with his flashing neutralizer. Activate Rom. You can imagine he has rockets to blast into space and a translator that communicates with lights and sounds. You can even imagine his respirator lets him breathe in any atmosphere. Rom comes with the three plug-in accessories shown. Nine-volt battery not included. Rum, the Space Knight, an electronic toy new from Parker Brothers. Hi. Hi, Fred. See how I make fruity pebbles in my fruity pebbles factory? Fruity licious. And as soon as Fred makes them, I eat them. Fruity licious. <laughs> Here comes more fruity pebbles, Bonnie. Boy, I can't resist fruity flavor. <laughs> What's so funny? Bonnie. What? You're eating up the fruity pebbles as fast as we make them. Oh, but Fred, post-fruity pebble cereal's part of a balanced breakfast. Bonnie. They're fruity licious. Why, you never get a fruity do. When it comes to shows about movies and comic books, heroes and crazy news, I tune into BK on the air from 10 to noon Saturdays. Greetings, fellow classic TV fans. The NBC mystery movie ran from 1971 to 77. These various detective dramas were an example of a wheel show. This meant that multiple different titles of the same genre could occupy the same day and time slot. In all, 14 different shows rotated throughout the series. And one of the most popular was Columbo, starring Peter Falk. A first-season episode entitled Murder by the Book was directed by young Steven Spielberg and is listed at number 17 in TV Guide's 100 Greatest TV Episodes Ever. The show about Lieutenant Frank Columbo, the bumbling, disheveled, yet ingenious homicide detective, has been broadcast in 44 countries. The Columbo character himself comes in at number 7 in TV Guide's Top 50. In a wardrobe reportedly right out of Peter Falk's closet, it's said that the actor would ad-lib to throw his co-stars somewhat off off balance. This had the effect of enhancing their roles during the just one more thing moments in every episode. As an early sign of its future success, Peter Falk earned an Emmy Award for his role in the first season. Then the series itself went on to win 13 Emmys and two Golden Globes during its initial run. And TV Guide ranked it as one of the greatest dramas of all time. As icing on the cake, in the late 80s, Falk reprised his Columbo role, this time on ABC. This served to bring in a newer generation of fans to the show, which included myself. 
This is Pat McCormick with your retro TV trivia from the golden rage of TV. You can also find me on YouTube and Facebook at Golden Rage of TV and on Twitter at Golden Rage of TV One. And now back to BK on the air. Oh, oh one more thing before I forget. Oh, listen, there's one more thing. Uh... Oh. What, something else? I don't know what's the matter with me. Uh, one other thing, uh, the angle of the bullet. Oh, Mr. Franklin, uh, actually, uh, there is one thing. Oh, uh, one thing I almost forgot. Yeah. Oh, General, uh, talking about work, uh, there's a couple of loose ends I'd like to tie up. Nothing important, you understand, but, uh... Oh, listen, one more thing. Uh, it just, it'll just take a second. Oh, listen, just one more thing. Um, oh, there's one little thing. Um, oh, there is one thing that I did want to ask you, sir. And this goes on. Oh. I, could, I could let this go on. Four. Mr. Clayton. Gee, I almost forgot. This is fascinating. Four <laughs> minutes of a compilation, and there's there's more. That's not all of them. Of one more thing from Columbo. Talk about an iconic character from my childhood growing up. My mom used to love watching Columbo. I think my dad did as well, but it was always like that Thursday movie mystery night or it whatever. It was Columbo night. Yeah, they split they, it up from different shows. It had shows. the opening where the camera, like there was a silhouette of a person walking with a flashlight. flashlight. Yeah, there's NBC it, mystery movie. And every now and then it would flare into the lens, yeah. and then it would... And I remember that opening, and it would show sort of like silhouettes of the of the different kind of, well, what movie are we telling? Are we going to tell this story or this story? It's either Macmillan and Wife or uh, McCloud or Columbo. Yeah. Whenever it was Columbo, I was like, oh, I love this guy. I, and I never understood the formula as a kid. I didn't realize what it I just didn't know what I was watching. I just thought, how cool. And he always caught the bad guy, and he always acted like he didn't know. And everybody thought, look, we got a bumbling detective that's been assigned. We're going to get away with this. And every episode, you already know who did it. Yeah. Like, what, an, what an, a reverse of the whodunit. Yeah, I'm it's sure not, producers said, we can't we know do that. Who did we don't it. want the audience to know who it is at the beginning of the thing. Think about it. It's not a whodunit. It's, do, do they get caught? It's the joy of watching <laughs> him trap them, and he knows. And it's just, he just leads them in. But he wants to make sure he's got enough evidence, you know. Got to do it right. To do it. You mentioned the uh, the theme of the NBC mystery movie coming on. I think I have the right one here. Uh, Henry, I think Henry Mancini, Mr. And Pete Panther, there wrote whistling? it. And it's, yeah, it's a very recognizable thing when you hear it. Back in time, listening I'm to that seven Alan. years old. I'm sitting in my family's living room. <laughs> That's right. Or, excuse me, family room for where the TV was. NBC Mystery Movie TV Intro. And on our console wood piece of furniture that had a tube stuck in it. That Giant was our TV. Wood that was made out of used tank parts. And it probably was, for its time, considered big. I think it was like a 21-inch or 24. It was a pretty big... And Susan St. James as Macmillan and Wife. That's oh. Macmillan and Wife. Or it there, could so very well go. be that I, being seven, it could have been a 19 engine that looked huge to me, but I just remember <laughs> it was a big, big, big. Because I had a little, I think a little 12 or 13 inch black and white TV in oh, my yeah, room. I did. I did too, yeah. And so, the, but the one in the family room was color. Right. It was color. And oh, by the way, winners in Detroit, what was great is it would glow warm from the back with all the vacuum tubes oh, that would yeah. come to life as heat, it came up. Heat. And, boy, that room got warm. Yeah. Oh, you had the fire in the fireplace. You had your TV in the corner. And 
popcorn and some blankets and watch a movie. Wasn't that fun? Back in the day, we didn't really have to use a fireplace or heater. They're like, turn on the television. It'll warm up this whole room. Just this room. It'll just warm up this room. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was right. I looked it up just to make sure because I I really don't want to try to give away false information on the show. I do do it out of ignorance and stupidity sometimes and error. But yes, Henry Mancini wrote that theme. Think how much music that guy has written at at, at his point. We keep, you know, we love John Williams, Jerry Goldsmith, James Horner, the people who did scores and incidental music things for entertainment. Henry Mancini made his contribution too. His 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 he was much more for like pop jazz songs, mm-hmm. but he did do scores sometimes with an orchestra, which was he was very good at, the, and he stuff. was part of the Oscars forever. Pink Panther directing the Oscar uh, orchestra. Who doesn't remember the Pink Panther theme the, the minute it starts to oh. play? Uh, he did uh, the Peter Gunn theme that was used in a lot of you know movies of the 80s it was even in spy hunter the game right that was the theme of the game yeah great music composer henry rancini now he did one movie where he kind of got away from that and got into the big broad london symphony orchestra scorings outer space type thing he scored a a movie called life force by a toby hooper directed it oh that was was a sci-fi space vampires that would steal your life force out Mm -hmm. of you from a from a, it was a book by one of the horror writers. I can't remember his name now. But uh, Henry Mancini scored Life Force, and he used the London Symphony. And when you hear it, it's like it's like this is big soundtrack music, like John Williams that he that he didn't normally do. But it was a it was a big production. I'll just send you the link to that soundtrack. You can check it out sometimes. Hmm. I think you'd like it because it's a very action, broad, you know, a powerful score by a huge orchestra by Henry Mancini. Now, uh, switching gears a little bit, but still staying on movies while we got hmm. time for the bottom of the hour. Somebody put out there on Twitter, and so many people ask questions on Twitter, and I'll answer some of them knowing that they're just trying to get traffic to their site, but some of them are just great questions that I want to ask. Someone said, it was yesterday, I don't know who it was or I could credit them, I can't remember who it was, but they're they're like, what is your favorite, most iconic movie line that you like of all time? One line a character says in the film that's legendary and it's awesome, and it's your favorite line from a movie. And I had to really, I did like, I made the same face you're making right now. Mm-hmm. I looked up to the heavens, cocked my head to the side like you're doing. Had to be descriptive on the radio. And <laughs> I was thinking, what, what is my, and I came down with about, uh, after a long well, consideration, several, there were three, I, 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 there were several, then I whittled it down. That's what you and I have to do. We have to whittle things down right. to just There's one. way too much and up like, there. And I got, and it got down to three that I just had to go, oh, it's, in, it's impossible to choose from these three. And I finally chose one. And it was interesting to see a lot of it had to do with age. I looked at the responses of other people on Twitter who they said their favorite line was. And I'm like, really? That's your favorite line of all moviedom is that you must be 12 years old or something but mm-hmm. but again you, it, they asked the question they answered answered it honestly that's their favorite line and i did come down with come up with one and if you've got one call us today 770-386-1450 call me and tell me what's your favorite most iconic movie line a character ever uttered in a motion picture of all time and that goes from when s- films w- films were uh, in- invented mm-hmm. all the way up to yesterday or today whatever happens to be out today so but i can tell you right now <laughs> it's not a film from today that's on my list <laughs> so it's not not from right today See, this is really this tough because as so, soon as you said it i had the uh, i know right. what first popped in my head then you start thinking about it and you're like but i've got three, <laughs> I three this two. is no homework you've given it, it to me now right at the same time right now the if you one, want to think about it a little longer we're going to take a break okay. at the body hour and come back I'll and, tell you and, what uh, they are. and we'll and, and we'll flash the audience but, that, way, that way maybe but, encourage people to come up and call in with theirs yeah okay my first ahead. one was from one of my all-time favorite movies was we're going to need a bigger boat from okay. jaws from jaws uh uh 
just Brody, Roy, Chief Brody says Roy that. Scheider, yep. yep. Love that line. I have always, always, since I've been an adult, not as a kid, but as an adult, I've loved the line from the first Dirty Harry, man's got to know his limitations. That's a good line, too. Love and that line. That, that one applies, has another line, too. Yeah it, apply, too. Yeah, yeah, it applies in so many of like life situations. Like, you you got in over your head. you got to learn your limitations. Man's right. got... And then the third Which one is, is true. <laughs> the third one goes to the movie that I first remember seeing live in the movie theater. But let's face it, may the force be with you. Good line too. Good line. Too. Everyone knows it doesn't matter. Even if you've never seen a Star Wars movie, yep. you know that line. And a lot of people on there were choosing uh, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few from Star Trek Two. Or the like, one. Well, that's, a, that's a very popular that's a great one too. Line. Uh, but there were a lot of lines. People were throwing a lot of lines out there. Good ones. I'm like, oh well, somebody put. Uh, uh, you the, can't what, handle the truth. Right, what's the one from Godfather? Oh. Uh, leave the cannolis. What, what is it when he was going to—I can't even think of it now, but they put it on there. It's a great line called— Oh, what is it? Something about— Something the cannolis. I got yeah, to look that up. I got to look that up. Leave the guns, take the cannolis. Something like that. Yeah, that was a very—I mean, again, I can't think of it, so it must not be a good line, but that doesn't mean it's not good because I can't remember it. But uh, I had—I went for my favorite line. I posted on there. I did put— You're going to need a bigger boat. Did you that, really? Yeah, I did. That line. Now, I did not see this post, by the way. Just right. I'm, I'm telling no, you. No, that's fine. Yeah. No, you didn't. Yeah. But you I, and I, I we've, we've known for a long time Jaws is a That among line the top. is, that one line, though, is just, it, it, number one, it's funny. It is funny. Number two, it's true. Right. <laughs> it's a very true line. And it's delivered by Roy just perfectly. Uh-huh. I mean, he's, he's, he's kind of cracking a joke, but he's serious. He just saw the shark. He's right. like, Sharks, this boat's not going to cut it. <laughs> we need to get a bigger boat to do this, this job. The size of the head that <laughs> cupped out of the water. The head is like, we can't. This is a Moby Dick thing here. Hey, as Quinn's going to find out, you can fit a whole person in there. <laughs> <laughs> he's a 20 footer. He's 25. 25. Two, three ton, tons, tons of them. He's two tons of them. Yeah. That's a big fish. Yes. So, yeah. But uh, a lot of, lot of great lines in movies. The other one I liked that no one said, and I thought it was just an iconic line, so so many different actors said it. It's just a simple, it's just so simple. It's, my name is Bond, James Bond. We'll return after these messages. Your lady, oh, Swiss Miss Instant Cocoa. What's the best way to start your day? Give a little yodel. Swiss Miss has lots of rich chocolatey cocoa and milk already in it. Mmm. So all you do is add hot water and... Give a little yodel. Okay, gang, what do you do for a warm-up break? Swiss Miss Instant Cocoa. Your lady Everyone loves French's, the one and only Sunshine Mustard. Please don't take my sunshine away. Delicious. All that is visible must grow beyond itself and extend into the realm of the invisible. The hell does that mean? And now, back to a guy who has no idea what a call of encroachment means, but he knows what roughing the listener is all about. It's BK on the air. That's right, we're back. It's BK on the air here on AM 1450 and 100.3 FM. WBHF. We're having a wonderful time training and moving downtown Cardinal right now. 
and blocking everybody's way, but that's okay. Every time they go by the radio station, they blow the horn really loud. I think there's a level of loudness that you just turn it up to 11 when they go by, so that way you can hear it. Everybody's like, how come I hear a train every now and then? I, I'm like, because uh, there's a there's a little effect on the board here, and I just play a train horn every now and then to try to try to explain it away. So Before I go into sure. behind-the-scenes show prep. You're, fa- you're first. I, I, just, I changed the first two and put so I, the first one. Okay. Yeah. I don't go to this one. I didn't. Uh, I, I want to make sure. I go to this oh, one. Oh, no, I do the first one. That's right. That's, I changed it to me. It was originally you doing the first one. That's why I was thrown off by it. How about you do that voodoo, do that voodoo that you do? <laughs> So well. And I'll say it by standing in front of the Vasquez Rocks in California where countless movies have been made. And look, I have been it's your there. your Oscar moment. That's right, Harvey Corman. Well, look at that. You're right. I have the first news of the weird, the strange, the crazy, and the bizarre from UPI. Police in Ohio are reminding the public not to call 911 about their fast food disputes. Yeah, it's another one of these. Oh. A woman used the emergency number... Here's what she called for to complain about her Kentucky Fried Chicken order. The number you have reached, 911, has been changed to a non-published number. Uh, McDonald's, I've heard it at Wendy's, I've heard it at so many of them. Uh, They said that Chagrin Valley from uh, Euclid Police Department dispatched 911 and received a call on Tuesday from a woman who told the dispatcher she did not receive enough chicken at the KFC drive-thru. The woman said that she had paid for eight pieces of chicken, but only received four. Okay, that's fine. If that happened, go back in and tell them that and show them. Quote, I only got four pieces of chicken and I want my chicken, unquote. She told the dispatcher. They have the recording. We know that's what she said. The dispatcher advised the woman that her problem was a civil matter that should be discussed with the store's manager, but she insisted on an officer being sent to the scene. The department said an officer arrived at the eatery and told the woman there was nothing he could do about her missing chicken. Euclid Police Chief Scott Meyer, Scott Mayer said the situation could serve as a reminder to the public, please, Please, please do not use 911 for non-emergency issues. Did you and I go to a special class or I was in a a special classroom, that's for sure. I was. A one-day conference, because I don't remember, but somehow I just know that's not what you use 911 for. it's not what it's meant for. No matter how angry I'd be at the store, Yes, I got home from one of my local stores and sure. I bought three bottles of wine that were on sale and realized one yeah. looked far less than the other and realized, oh, the Did cap you? was half half off and had leaked some So out. you immediately called the cops? No, I actually <laughs> went back to the store and Good. I went to the little people behind the fishbowl glass and said, you. hey, I just bought three of these, but I noticed this one obviously... Uh, either somebody cracked it in the store or in shipping, but it looks like it's missing some, and it's and I don't want to have wine that has been exposed to air. Sure. They're like, here, go, go, go get of, one. Was it peaceably resolved? It was It was very simple. They were peaceful. like, oh, no problem, go get yeah. one. Do, do, do you want us to get it? You're like, no, I know where it is. I'll go get it. And I have a theory. I came back, and they said, okay. Yeah. I said, do I need to do it? And they're like, no. Like, I don't need to, like, re-ring this up or, like, no. no. It was I resolved. Have, no. I Granted, I did have to drive back to the store. People. But I could argue that I should have paid attention before I left. There's, there's a group of people out there I like to call the Beatle Screamers, and I think I've talked about it before. Beatle Screamers are the people that you see video of at the Beatles concert or any concert or any gathering where there's a celebrity where they are screaming to the point of passing out. They're screaming. They're mobbing the tour bus. They're, they're, they're just running. They want a piece of those people, and they're, and they're, and they're unreasonable, and they're crazy, mm-hmm. and they're fanatic. 
there's a type of person that's a type of person that I have never been and will never be. I don't care who I meet. I'm not going to be a person that's just an over the top panicky. I would equate that lady as a, as a screamer. She probably screams at concerts and tries to rush the stage because she. And when they get the if they if they're screaming to get to the to the celebrity. What are they planning on doing with them when they catch them? What are they going to do? I, I, I call them emotionally unhinged. That's what I mean. That's, the unhinged. I don't. Those people scare me more than any shark, bear, or snake that it, that 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 people exists. who are mentally unhinged. <clears throat> they don't. They don't care what they do and if they want to go after you or they feel like right. they've been wrong. Yeah, they've they're, been movies about yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Single they're, white female. They're good at hiding it too. You don't know it till they do it. Till they snap. They're really sometimes they're really or, calm up uh, to that point. What was the movie? Well, uh, they call nine one one about their chicken food. What was the movie with Glenn Close and oh, Kirk uh, Douglas? Fatal Attraction. Yeah, Fatal Attraction. Yeah, Michael it's Douglas. Talking about yeah, like yeah. oh, this is just a thing among colleagues. Just uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and then it turns into yeah, wow. I got on the bus to Crazy Town. Misery with Kathy Bates. Misery. Kathy Bates. Oh. These characters, these people, they scare the heck out of me. Uh, and that someone would call the police on a wrong order at a restaurant. I, I, I group them into the Beatles Screamer group. The emotionally unhinged. All right, I've got the next news. This coming from UPI, a California police officer called out to wrangle an escaped donkey, said the animal surrendered due to being intimidated by the officer's a gun mustache. Is what? His mustache. <laughs> it was intimidated by his mustache. Okay. Must have been. Was it like Tom Selleck? I don't know. The Reading Police Department and officers uh, said officers Brian Berg and Cameron Hooks were summoned to the Quartz Hill Road neighborhood when a fugitive donkey named Kevin... Fugitive. I like that. You call it the boy's name. Yeah. Hey, Kevin! ...was spotted Aww. running loose in the area. <laughs> Berg said he... Um, uh, I guess there's a word missing here, but Berg said the four-and-a-half-foot-tall donkey didn't put up much of a fight. So there I was, Berg told the record searchlight newspaper. I get there, and he's looking at me, and I'm looking at him. His ears are pinned back and thinking about running, but the most people... But like most people I deal with, he saw the mustache and he just said, I give up. Oh, I get it. Okay. Berg and joke. Kevin turned out to be a, a Berg said Kevin turned out to be a nice donkey. We had some great help with the neighbors helping feed Kevin apples. Berg said that helped the situation. Kevin was returned to his home. The officers then said. I get it. So they, they, if, if, if whatever officer happened to be standing there at the time, it would have done the same thing. They're just joking. Like this guy had a must mustache. Have been the, well, you know, the it Tom the Selleck stash. stash. Very few people pull off the mustache. I got to tell you, that's a very hard thing to do. Just the solo stash. Most people come out looking like they're wearing a raincoat, ready to hide, jump out from behind a bush. I've pulled off a mustache quite a bit in, on stage years ago when I didn't have one. I got off the stage, pulled it off. Pulled it off. <laughs> had to have it on for the role. You're right. I had one one time, part of a comedy. Ended up being stuck to her butt, and it was kind of funny because oh, it was supposed yeah, to. Oh, tell me that sometimes. Gentleman and a scoundrel. <laughs> I got the next news. Bum, bum. A rare, an ultra-rare pay copy of 1939's Marvel Comics number one sold for more than how much, Dr. Evil? One million dollars. You're off by about a 1.4. It sold for 2.4 million dollars. Wow. That is Marvel Comics number one with a human torch. It didn't turn out being, I don't think, the human torch we know today, but it had the flaming human torch guy on the front. The auction site... It was a hot seller. Cosmic <laughs> Connect, it was. <clears throat> it burned the guy's hands when he touched it. A rare comic book which features the first appearances of Namor the Submariner and the Human Torch. It's an android precursor to the well-known Human Torch that we know. Sold for $2,427,777. 
uh, 0.65 cents after 33 bids on this thing. The comic book published by Timely Comics back in the day, which later became Marvel Comics, is known as the pay copy because it contains uh, annotations by publisher Lloyd Jacquet revealing how much uh, was owed to the book's contributors. I didn't know that there was such a thing. The pay copy of Marvel Comics number one has changed hands multiple times since being discovered in a filing cabinet in the 1990s where they found this thing just sitting there. Why can't it be in that filing cabinet that I bought from the thrift store? That sure would be great. I don't ever have that kind now, of Now, it was sold for $227,000 in 2010. Stephen Fisher, the chief executive of Comic Connect, said the buyer in the most recent auction wished to remain anonymous, but he described the collector as a man in his 40s who lives outside the United States. Isn't it ironic? It was only 200000 12 <clears throat> years ago, but around 12 years ago is when the Marvel Cinematic Universe launched. Boom. <laughs> And bada boom. Think about that. In 12 years, you go from quarter of a million to 2.1 million dollars. And a lot of people are doing that right now. They're noticing what movies are coming up. They're buying Doctor Strange comics. They're buying other things, thinking that they will shoot up. Attic. (laughs) Hey, Ma, you still got all those comic books I used to collect? No. They went out with the trash. I threw them away. I figured you were a grown adult now. Gave them away. (laughs) You are acting so weird and immature. Attention, Superman fans! Superman glasses are coming to Taco Bell! That's right! Taco Bell is offering Superman glasses! With exciting scenes from the movie. There's six of them! Every time you buy a medium-sized Pepsi-Cola, you can buy a Superman glass! But supplies are limited, so uh, hurry down to your Taco Bell and, and start your own collection of Superman glasses! Superman glasses, now only at Taco Bell! Chocolate is scrunches when it crunches. That's why I love Nestle Crunch. Chocolate is scrunches when it crunches. That's why I love Nestle Crunch. The blend of Nestle's creamy milk chocolate with crunchies tastes just as good as it sounds. Chocolate is scrunches when it crunches. That's why I love Nestle Crunch. It's okay if you don't understand what he's talking about. He probably doesn't either. It's BK on the Air on AM 1450, FM 100.3, and online using the TuneIn Radio app. Hey, we're back. It's BK on the Air here having a good time as usual. We're on you through flashback. You okay? <laughs> sure we are. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. Flashback cinema. You ever want to see older movies in the theater? Well, you couldn't see you could see Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, but that was March 20th and the 23rd. But uh, Sunday, coming up tomorrow, you can see Blade Runner, the the final cut, on March the 27th and March the 30th. Just go to flashbackcinema.com and check it out. Like, And if you don't go see it in time, it'll be lost like tears in the rain. There's another good movie line. <laughs> that uh, which, that which whole more of a monologue, monologue but <laughs> it's really good. It's so good. You know, it was a lot longer initially. Yeah. Oh, I'm saying just the end of it, great, great movie line. There's a lot Fantastic of them. Fantastic film. Well, you want to keep doing this? Because I've got yeah, the next news. Yeah, We've got extra news flashes. we got some really good ones. I couldn't ignore all these. This one, uh, you spoke to my kid and me. Although I didn't have the Pong, I did have the 2600. But an original prototype for Atari's 
home Pong video game system was auctioned off for more than $270,000 and came from the collection of the Landmark Games creator. It was the original one, though, right? The original one. It was, yeah. a, it was a prototype, yep. Oh, the prototype. Okay. RR Auction, based in Boston, said the home Pong prototype, which featured a finished Pong chip in a prototype circuit board in the base and then the hand-carved wooden mock-up for the Pong system on top, sold for two hundred and nearly $271,000. The design was in the Sears wow. Telegames version of Pong in 1975 and Atari Pong Model C100 in 1976. The prototype came from the collection of Alan Alcorn, who created Pong, one of the first video games in the 1970s. The auction included a letter of provenance. Woo! Hello, I just booted up. Signed by Alcorn. In 1975, Atari had managed to become dominant in the coin-operated entertainment business and moved on to build video games for the home market. We had to get Pong running on a simple chip of silicon so a product could be built at a price consumers could afford. Hold on, I'm playing Pong. I'm playing Pong. Sounds stimulating, that little... Against it. ...two-bit sound chip. Not even four-bit. I'm playing against... ...against the computer. Oh, he got, oh, he got me. There you just go back. All right, back that way. Hold on. Back. Oh, oh. Slip past me. How can something <laughs> slip past you going that slow? I don't know, but it could back when I was playing it. And when we went to a friend's house who had the Pong game, and I think I didn't see it until maybe 77 or 78, it started getting out there into homes and everyone mm -hmm. had it. He had it hooked up to a big black and white television. It was black and white anyway. Uh, simple controllers, little unit. And I said, this is the most amazing thing I have it's ever seen. It's like I'm playing tennis without having life. to be outside. <laughs> Look how far we've come. And it was great. <laughs> you go from that to uh, to a World of Warcraft and Medal of Honor, these games. Oh I mean, gosh. they have. And, and I, I say Medal of Honor, but it's old now. They've Dude, got stuff even more. I'm playing a new now. game. Just to call, It's called Lost Ark. Lost it's Ark? <laughs> Lost wow. Ark. It is. It wow. is phenomenal. <laughs> it's so much fun. That is that is awesome. Well, I've got we got a lot of them. We got a few more. I've got another news. Long way from the outlaw day. <laughs> yes, from UPI. Series <laughs> Therapeutic, a biotech company, has opened a donor collection facility to collect something for cash in Arizona. Now, keep in mind, they're called Series Therapeutic. They're a biotech company. What do you think that they want to collect for cash in Arizona? Hair samples. There? Uh, no, try again. DNA. No, it's not DNA. Something a lot more simple, very simple, as you can, just about as simple as you can get. Spit? Uh, nope. You're close. Go a little lower. A little lower? Blood? No. No, no. a little, little lower and to the rear. Oh. They want poop samples. Really? The company operates Good Nature, which has set up shop <laughs> and is asking for donations of poops so it can earn donors up to $25 to $75 per example. Is that... Based on style, delivery, I don't weight, know. diet. <laughs> I don't know. Good Nature is looking for healthy adults age 50, 18 to 50 and notes that donors can Solid earn money. up to $1,500 a month for compensation just from that. That's a nice little healthy hmm. infusion to your to your. You're going to do it anyway. Yeah. I mean, right. Mother Nature is going to do what it does. It happens. You're right. It does. Potential donors need to have regular bowel movements, are of normal weight. Well, it lets me out. Don't smoke and are not pregnant, have no history of gastrointestinal disease or a history of alcohol and drug abuse. Well, that lets you out. Donors must also abuse. 
don't understand. Well, that's a matter of opinion. You didn't say use. It said abuse. It's a matter of abuse. Is a matter of opinion. It's like, what are you talking about? Well, you couldn't do what I do because you're not. You haven't practiced enough. You haven't. See, I'm like I'm like a trained athlete. Yeah. I, I can he's I can little, go out on the field of, comp- of competition. He's a, little, he's a little defensive about it. Donors must also be, also be able to donate poop three to four times a week at the collection site to do this. Oh, you, you have to it. be there. You yeah. don't have to. You can't ship it. I don't know. I, I, you may have to live close to it. The poop is being collected to help. <laughs> I have to ship my pants. Help. Got to ship it. Yeah, with a p. Ship it. Ship. Collect the uh, the poop is being collected to help lead to future developments in gastrointestinal infections and disorders. A series therapeutic is a publicly traded company that operates out of Cambridge, Massachusetts. Poop collection programs are also available in Irvine, California, and Cambridge. You know, my luck, oh, yeah. my luck. I'd do a couple of those, and all of a sudden, I'd get a letter. We need you to come in. Like what? <laughs> You're like what? 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 No. <laughs> We've discovered something, and yeah. this is best left for a face-to-face yeah, sit-down. Must, yeah, must have uh, got mine mixed up with somebody. If, you're, if you believe in God, bring your preacher. Like, what? <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> That's terrible. No, it would be terrible. I'd be, that'd be my luck. All right, I've got the last news. Oh, I go back to my state. That's right. I saved my it home just state. for you. I'm a Michigander. See go why I m- changed the order of these? I, that's fine. I like it. <laughs> I go to Michigan here. A Michigan restaurant attempted a Guinness World Record for St. Patty's Day by mixing up 550 gallon by a 550 gallon mug of Irish coffee. It's some coffee that even Alan Sanders okay, couldn't look, just conquer. Just get me a garden hose, put it in there. I'm good to go the Gonna rest of the day. Siphon it out. First of all, it's coffee. Second. It's Irish. It has some additives to it. Wait till you hear it. It might have a wee bit of whiskey in there. <laughs> By wee bits, it's all whiskey yeah. with a little bit of coffee. Wait till you hear it. um Interlochen unveiled the giant mug on Facebook and said it would be used to hold the world's largest Irish coffee. The eatery set about attempting the record Thursday afternoon, mixing together 69 gallons of Tullamore Dew whiskey. That's a lot of whiskey. That's Jeez. a lot of whiskey. 412 gallons of coffee from Traverse City-based Highland Grounds Trading Company, 190 pounds of brown sugar, and 69 gallons of cream. Wow. Max, that is a big cup of coffee. Max McAllister, Hofbrau's general manager, said the restaurant has been planning the record attempt for more than a year. He said he has been in contact with Guinness World Records, and evidence from Thursday's event will be submitted to the organization for official recognition. Well, we'll have to hopefully do a follow-up. Because you got to be official. It has to be official, but that... And I wonder if they did that after they made it, took the pictures. Did they then sell for the rest of the day? <laughs> I don't know. Because what do you... You, you don't want to wait... I mean, just the whiskey alone. Do you know how much that would cost? Sixty-nine oh, yeah. gallons. Forget the coffee. It's that. That's the. That's what would make it expensive. Oh. Is, the, is the whiskey in there? Sixty-nine gallons. Um, of, I could probably do that. Interesting. There was a news. Not in fl- one day. News but. flashes back to back. One about poop, and then one about coffee. Right after that. So. Hey, do you hear that thing? That coffee is going to help me live longer. No. How's it going to do that? That's the latest. That's the, well, you know how everything comes and goes in yes. Vogue. Uh, two to three cups a day keeps you living longer. Yeah. Just, but just I'm two to live, three. Just two to three. Forever. Not going fast. Well, that. they didn't say what size the cup was. <laughs> How, is it a cup, like an actual measuring cup? Because I, I guarantee you, I drink thinking. more than yeah. a cup. It's a cup of I drink coffee. a mug. By the way, you may have to reel me in with a rod and reel here in a little bit or, or hit me with a tranquilizer dart because I noticed in the break room today, because you know I drink decaf. The only thing that's available back there today was the black 8 o'clock super did you have the italian I a, roast I, I had a cu- I had a cup of the italian roast no wonder so. you're awake or See. just let me go and just i think laugh you're doing watching well. me you're doing great i'll sound like your first day at wsb if i'm yes. not careful 
Are you going to fill in for the FedEx guy on the commercials, the old guy in the 70s that talked real fast? What was his last name? Oh, I don't remember his name. But he talked so fast. And funny thing is, is he talked fast without any effect of speeding up his voice. He constantly did it without any interruptions and mistakes, and it was it's an art. It's, fant- it's a fantastic way. I, I always, do play those spots of him on the podcast sometimes. I always equate him with the Micro Machines guy. Yes, he was very fast, too. I have that commercial on the podcast, too, which reminds me, you can hear this show as a podcast. I turned it into one after I go off the air, and I, I take the local commercials out and put, like, that Micro Machine commercials in there or the FedEx commercial or old Burger King jingle spots or just all kinds of stuff. I got so much response to one commercial I put in the podcast not too long ago. It's that fun Tootsie Roll song that kids sing. Tootsie Roll song. I got people going, oh, my, I, like you do sometimes. I can't believe I ever heard that in like 30 years. Right. I can't believe it. I love that. Well, that's why I put them in there. Mm-hmm. And you can hear it on Spotify, Anchor, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Listen to the, Just search for the BK on there podcast. I'll remind everybody as we creep to the top of the hour, let's go through a few more movies that will be coming out. Tomorrow, again, you can see Blade Runner, the the final cut. But the in final cut the version, which is really tomorrow, good. Tom, uh, tomorrow and March the 30th, Wednesday, March 30th, on Wednesday, you can see uh, Blade Runner. Listen to what you can hear coming up. Are you an Alfred Hitchcock fan? Go to flashbackcinema.net. You'll be able to see Rear Window with Jimmy Stewart on Sunday, April 17th, and Wednesday, April the 20th. If you're an Alfred Hitchcock fan, go check it out. Now, Fathom Events has their own. That was Flashback Cinema. Fathom Events has their own bunch of movies that are on the horizon. Turner Classic Movies will will uh, host on May the 29th, which is, uh, when is that? That's like a uh, In a couple, a couple months. Uh, I'm sorry, next month. Yeah, May 29th, Wednesday, June the 1st, and Thursday, June the 2nd. It's the 45th anniversary, 45th of Smokey and the Bandit will be on the big screen. Get to go and see it unedited with Jackie Gleason. You You haven't seen it that way in a long time. In theaters in September, check their website out, Fathom Events. It's the 40th anniversary of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. It'll be in the movie theater. And on its 40th anniversary on September the 25th and other dates, just check out Fathom Events. You will be able to see Poltergeist mm. on the big screen again. And I may actually go to that one. I you will really, see that. That's a movie I've never seen on the big screen. Okay. It was on cable when so, it came out. Okay, so that's kind of a gimme. You got you got time now to plan it. You need to go see that. I want to see it on the big that screen. That would be fun. I and mean, I've uh, got a big screen, but not the movies. But you can't get popcorn and get that smell and the, oh, the no. theater. You can't beat, thing. You can't beat that. Uh, I'm going to talk about a Star Trek movie that's been remastered in 4K coming up later on the program today. It's not The Wrath of Khan, but it's the one before that. Star Trek The Motion Picture. We'll talk about that and a lot more when we come back. It's BK on the air. The Micro Machine Man here presenting the genuine, original, colossally collectible, most midget miniature episodes of the real things, Micro Machines. Dramatically detailed, stupendously styled, smaller than enough, this one or this one. And now with a totally terrific town, the new Micro Machine Super City 2-box playset. Closed, it's a mild matter 2-box. Open, it's a Micro Machine USA. Cruise your mini Micro Machine vehicles, planes, and posts to the police station, the marina, the mini motorcycle repair shop, the gas station, the construction office, work, the real working drawbridge, highway, passenger ramp, and garage doors, or take a Micro Machine flying machine in for a landing. Phew, this place has it all. The new Micro Machine Super City 2-box playset from Galoob. Now on with the countdown. Hey, we're back. It's BK on the air here. Let's do a little on this day in history. Do a little dance. No, we'll leave it at that. 
get down tonight. You want to get down? You know what my dad said about history? It's just one darn thing after another. So just keeps is. coming. March the 26th. That's Dang today. It. 1845. Let's go way back to 1845. A patent is awarded for an adhesive medicated plaster on this day in history. I am stuck on Great precursor to the Band-Aid. Somebody did it that way first. But just think, before that, before 1845, I don't know, you just had to either lick it or rub dirt in it. I don't know what you did. Wrap a towel around it, it wrap a piece of cloth. 1885, Eastman Film Company manufactures the very first commercial motion picture film on this day in history. Think about how far back that was. 1885. It's come. We don't even use film anymore. 1937, on this day in history. If you didn't know what that was, you've been living under a rock for a long time. 1937, spinach growers of Crystal City, Texas, erect a statue of Popeye mm-hmm. in 1937. That's a long time ago, and he was already popular at that time. What's his name, the guy who eats spinach, Alan? Popeye. 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 In 1969, a little television history here, Marcus Welby, M.D., starring Robert Young and Thanos' dad, James Brolin. <laughs> debuts Thanos's as a dad. TV movie on ABC prior to becoming a weekly series, Marcus Welby, MD. I remember when the title sequence of Marcus Welby would come on as a kid. After the t- sequence was over, I'd watch it, and then I turned it. It was a show I just didn't wasn't interested in as a kid. Mm. Marcus Welby. Robert Young, you know, who starred as Marcus Welby, was on my, um, Father Knows Best. That was his show in the 50s sitcom. 1971, a very huge and portly actor playing a detective premieres on CBS on this day and ran for five years, 1971. Can you remember who the big, fat detective is I'm talking about? Did, was it... Uh, Portrayed by uh, William Conrad. Oh, 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 oh. Think Civil War. What do they use in Civil War to shoot people with? Cannon. Yeah, uh, cannon. Jeez, oh, Pete. Cannon. I know. It's the first thing. The second thing that goes is your memory. <laughs> I can't remember what the other ones are. Somebody started getting top TV ratings in 1971 as well. I'd reached the age of 14 and I hadn't started courting and my mum was getting worried about me. She says, Daddy, it's time you told him all about the birds and bees. He says, the birds and bees in. He sat me on his knee. He says, now, remember Uncle Joe at that picnic a while ago where he went off into the woods with Auntie Pat? And then I chased old Riley's daughter and what happened when I caught her? I said, yeah. He said, well, birds and bees does that. Dad works very hard indeed, but he got ten kids to feed. Well, ten and seven ninths, to be precise. And we all wear hand-me-downs. And as I am the youngest and the others are all girls, it ain't very nice. Benny Hill, the Benny Hill TV show, was starting to get huge ratings and really take off on this day in 1971. And he went in syndication over here in America, much more popular in every other country than than, than England. Than in the UK, yeah. Believe it or not. They they thought he was a bit too... I ran into a cashier at Target one day at a, at a department store, and she was like, thank you, thank you for shopping at Target. I'm like, oh, you're from you're from England, obviously. She's like, yeah, and I'm like, no. tell me why no one likes... <laughs> tell me why no one likes Benny Hill in England. She's like, well... How old was, was she first? Cause well, she was... <laughs> oh, she was uh, probably in her early 60s. Okay, and she, she, she would have like, been aware of what you're like, talking he's a, about. He was a, he's a bit cheeky bit cheeky? Us. I didn't like that. I'm like, but really? you like Monty Python? Really? What's well. the what's going on here? Two different types of humors. Monty Python was more so. clever, I but think, but 
did get pretty racy sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, they got away with stuff. 1976 on this day in history, Wings, the group, you know, that group Paul McCartney was with. He was with a group yeah. before Wings. <laughs> Called, uh, hardly consequential at all. Released their Wings at the Speed of Sound album, and I thought it was a fantastic album, was released on this day in history. Birthdays. Today is someone's birthday that we lost back in 2015, but it, today is his birthday. Most illogical. Of all people, he should have known how the computer would perform. Of course, the M5 itself has not behaved logically. Please, Spock, do me a favor and don't say it's fascinating. No. But it is interesting. <laughs> and when he said, it is interesting, McCoy, McCoy just rolled his eyes and walked away like, oh, I can't believe it. Leonard Nimoy, birthday today, Spock, Star Trek, he's in Mission Impossible. Born in Boston, Massachusetts, he died in 2015. I still not the film franchise, believe. but the TV show. Yes, <laughs> you, know, you know what's funny about that? Leonard, uh, Martin Landau was in Mission Impossible up to the point where he left the show, and Leonard Nimoy replaced him in uh, Mission Impossible. Well, what was funny is Martin Landau and Leonard Nimoy, Gene Roddenberry, back before Star Trek was in was in production, he thought of Martin Landau as Spock before Leonard Nimoy. And it's so funny how he would replace him on his show in the 60s, not too long after that. So, yeah, today is Stephen Tyler's birthday, lead mm. singer of Aerosmith. Aerosmith. And Father I heard, of Liv Tyler. You know what? I heard, I heard he was such a nice guy. He's nothing like his public persona or whatever, the wild rock and roller. There's video of him on a plane where there's a little girl behind him, and his her, her mom recognizes who he is. And he turns around, and he's talking to them just as nice and sweet as he can be on that airplane, giving them you know autographs and taking pictures on the cell phone with him. He was just very so nice to them. And mm-hmm. I don't know why it's surprising, but it was nice. it's nice to see that when a, when, a, when a celebrity does that. And Steven Tyler looks like he might be one of them. Although he's gotten to the point where he kind of looks like your aging Aunt Mildred. <laughs> he kind of does, doesn't he? He's like, that a, what? Oh, what wow. is that? <laughs> what is that exactly? Aunt Mildred? Today is Vicki Lawrence's birthday, American television actress, Carol Burnett Show, Mama's Family. She had one hit song in the 70s. Do you remember what it was? Mm-mm. She recorded a song, The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia. Do that was her? That, song? that was Vicki Lawrence singing that, and it was the only hit she ever, I think it was the only time she went into the uh, the recording studio and did an album. Might How have been am I that, this old you didn't know and it was I didn't Lawrence. know it was her? I knew the song. It was. Today is Martin Short's birthday from SNL, uh, SCTV, The Three Amigos. He did a stage show with uh, Steve Martin, mm-hmm. Martin Short. He was, um, he was also Edward in Inner Space. Gr- Ed Grimley, the little cartoon mm-hmm. character. Which Inner Space. Cool. Inner Space is my favorite movie by Martin Short. I really thought it was funny. Where he, yeah, because he was Joe a little Dante. more serious. Yeah, He was. He did a little funny. And uh, also, it's a film composer's birthday today. I'll tell you who that is when we come back after break. i got one more thing to tell you. One more birthday. A motion picture composer. As soon as I play the clip of music. You should know who it is, or at least who the theme's for. I'm on the spot now. And I'll tell you what national day it is, too. Think Popeye again when we come back. You mean you have an Atari video game system, but not Atari Missile Command? Well, then you must have Defender. Great game. Or a challenge like Star Raiders. What about Yars Revenge? You gotta have Berserk, right? And Atari Space Invaders, a classic. You don't? Come on. An Atari system without those games? That's like having a stereo with no hit records. Your audience is ready, so put on your dancing shoes. Reach out, reach out and touch someone. Reach out and turn them upside down. When you have a great day, reach for the phone. 
and touch someone far away. Give them a call. person you got the number right because you are talking to kid a dynamite it's okay if you don't understand what he's talking about he probably doesn't either it's bk on the air on am 1450 fm 100.3 and online using the TuneIn radio app Hey, that's right. We're back. It's BK on the air here. I want to remind you, if you can't hear the station locally, WBHF 100.3 FM and AM 1450, you can download the free, if you want the free one, TuneIn app for your mobile device or smartphone. You can also get the uh, Radio Garden app. You can hear us on two different apps if you want to tune in if you're not near our signal. You can, and if you've got a signal and got either one of those apps, or you can stream us at w, WBHFradio.org with a computer or a laptop. If you've got a signal with any of that, you can hear us anywhere in the entire universe in the world and beyond i mean we've been, we've been broadcasting the multiverse we, we don't s- know that we're not we sound a little different but uh yeah i think we're uh, i think we're a me. vegetable talk station <laughs> in a multiverse universe welcome to carrot talk which is a whole lot more entertaining than this show some people would say so uh yeah <laughs> hey we're talking about today in history it's march the 26th and i would like to squeeze in something here Today is a movie composer. Al and I, and a lot of us, especially if you listen to this show, we're fans of movie scores. We're fans of music that are in movies, especially when they're done by a big orchestra. Let's mm-hmm. face it, movie scores today are today's modern classical symphonies. They really are. And hey, they've even got a captive audience. These composers have you in the theater to listen to you got to listen to the music it's part of the movie so some of them work better detached from the film some of them not so much they work better with the film but i'm going to play a snippet of a movie score theme of the composer whose birthday is today see if alan can guess who this is Think of what it is and who it well, goes Well, my to. first so. thought when you first started was, um, well, it's the Rocketeer. Kind of like that, yes. Yeah, not the Rocketeer, but that's then, a great thing by James Horner, though, yeah. But when the themes theme. came in, it was like, is that Captain America? But you know what's funny? It's funny you should say the Rocketeer, because the guy who directed this film that that goes mm-hmm. with directed the Rocketeer. Joe Johnston. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is the, the theme of Captain America for Captain, Captain America, America, the first Avenger. And they do play that theme in his later movies when he shows up as an Avenger. They'll, Avenger, they'll play his theme there, too. So Alan Silvestri's birthday is today. And one of the present greats who's now becoming an old-timer now. I mean, he I remember is when old-timer. he was new. Mm-hmm. I remember we'll going to a theater in the early 80s. I think it was 84 or 83. You can't remember when it came out. And he'd been working a while, like on Chips, the TV show, and some things before that. But I went and saw a Robert Zemeckis film, which Robert Zemeckis loves Alan Silvestri right. to use him. Wasn't uh, saw Romancing the Stone in the theater, and uh, and I think uh, I think I can't remember if he did that uh, one of his early films. I thought, but his first one I thought was. I'm uh, saying his first one was the first one I heard. Him. I think the first one was the Back to the Future soundtrack, and he was worried Stone. that because he'd been used to doing stuff for. Either video games or television right. commercials. Yeah, he did the score for uh, *Romancing the Stone*. That's the first time I remember seeing his. But his that was name. after *Back to the Future*, wasn't it? Uh, was it? What year did *Back to the Future* Back to come Future was out? Eighty-five, nineteen eighty-five. Okay. No, well, *Romancing the Stone* was eighty-four. 84 so okay. it was right before that. Yeah, before we busted so he, wide it open. It could have been that. where he was working on them both, pretty much, could have been, depending yeah. when the release schedule. But I do. I, I've loved Alan Silvestri. I noticed him in *Back to the Future*. That oh, was yeah. the first time. Yeah, and then. 
loved the change when he was used in um, Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump, very, very uh, uh, beautiful score. Very. Oh, my key. gosh. So good. And uh, Castaway was very much kind of like Forrest Gump, another, again, Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Zemeckis films, yeah, great scores. He had a great score. I didn't, I wasn't a big fan of the movie, but James Cameron's The Abyss, love great the Abyss. score by Alan Silvestri. It's a great soundtrack too. Very the soundtrack majestic. is great. I had it. I, I owned. I loved listening to that. And you know, Jerry Goldsmith scored as we talked about Jerry Goldsmith and John Williams on their birthdays a few weeks ago. Jerry Goldsmith scored the first Mummy film that Stephen Summers directed with Brandon Fraser, The Mummy. Now, The Mummy Returns came along, and for whatever reason, Goldsmith did return, and Alan Silvestri scores The, the Mummy Returns, the sequel to The Mummy. So, so yeah, he's a great he's a great film composer, uh, did a lot. Of, like I say, he look him up. He did some work on Chips, the Chips <laughs> TV show back then, and probably a lot before that. But he's become, him and Michael Giacchino have come the big mainstays of the MCU, of doing music for the yeah. MCU, which are, which are great scores, by the way. Uh, we got some fans out there. That's the, that's the added joy We're, of working on the main street here with a window in the studio and we can see the world outside as we're on the air. We're a cut above that. the zoo. We don't they don't have to worry about cleaning up after us and they don't have to feed us either. Well, except that one time where you, you know, well, you ate that. Hey, you said you weren't going to bring that up. <laughs> well, I didn't want to bring that up. But but now we know a company that will collect. So. I said earlier in 1937 that spinach gro- spinach growers of Crystal City, Texas erected a statue of Popeye. Today just happens to be <laughs> National Spinach Day. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, give you a little punch in the mouth. Talk about a you. propaganda way to make kids eat their spinach. But what did I think as a kid? If I eat spinach, I'll be strong like Popeye. And I, Dude, it kind of worked. I always loved it spinach. It kind of worked. I didn't know I'd like it raw. I love eating spinach in a spinach salad. I, I like oh, spinach it. when I found out when it was prepared properly. If you eat a can of canned spinach that's been simmering Not in its own soaking crappy in water. No. juices and loses everything, of course it sounds tastes terrible no, to No, but if kid. you saute it. A little butter, a little salt oh, and pepper. Yeah. Oh. Artichoke and spinach dip for, for chips. Oh, yeah. Get out of here. A little hot sauce on there, and I'm Look, ready to I'm go. I'm eating healthy. I got <laughs> chips and uh, spinach dip yeah. here. Chips, corn. That's a vegetable. I right? never thought about corn chips. And I spinach? used to talk about potato. See, today, if they do if they do Popeye today, he's like, I'll take spinach and artichoke dip, and I'll be strong. Mm. It'll make kids eat it. And today, as we know, is Leonard Nimoy's birthday. It is National Live Long and Prosper Day today. Can you do the uh, hand gesture, live long and prosper, on both hands? Can you do both? Do you know yes. one person out Without of five even thinking can't do about it. it? Some people can't do that. Well, because they didn't practice. Well, they some people just can't do it. They just can't do it. And you, you know where that's from. You know how Leonard Nemo yes. came up with that. I heard that only because of the documentary that right. his son did. But there was a, a Jewish ceremony that he was attending in synagogue, but you that, weren't supposed to watch children them. could not watch. You yes. weren't supposed to, but he watched them do this symbol with their hands. With both hands up in the air to bless the congregation. Yep. And he just, it, it affected him, and, re- and he just remembered that and decided he would adopt that. That V, that v look with your, in, your mm-hmm. ring finger and middle finger separated. You may recall, we, we talked about this before, you may recall in Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, when Shatner comes in, he's about to bust McCoy out of the, out of the brig after talking about Genesis, and McCoy's in the rig for talking about Genesis out in public, and he shouldn't have done it, and and, and Shatner looks at him, and he does the thing with his hand, he goes, Jim, how many fingers do I have up? That's not very damn funny. Your sense of humor's returned. Hell it has. Well, when Shatner brings his hand up and is, is in the V shape of the live long and prosper symbol, you can't see it on film. Now, you might be able to see it on an HD 4K Blu-ray, but uh, two of Shatner's fingers are tied together with dental floss because he can't do it. William Shatner cannot do 
the 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 the, the thing with the hand. He's he, he's done it really? recently. He's like I still can't do that. Some people can't roll their tongue in their mouth when you roll it up on each side like you're doing right no. there. Take your tongue, roll it up into like a like a funnel or something, and you're not rolling so your strong. tongue. You're using your mouth to actually push your tongue up into that position. Some people can't do that either. I have family members that can't do that. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, that's a genetic thing. They actually found out there's a gene that can control that. I have it. Some don't. Yeah, I have the I hate cilantro gene <laughs> too. I can't stand cilantro. I can't. It's amazing. You taste soap, and I just taste. I do. I just uh, can't. It tastes weird. I mean, it has its, it has a unique flavor. There's no doubt. Well, that's it. for sure. <laughs> it's but very I don't unique. taste soap. I like it in. I like it in Mexican stuff. But I don't like it just in general. Right. I'm I just got to like, be very specific. This is going to kill you because you love it so much. I don't care for avocados and guacamole. Don't care. Just never cared for it. We are no longer friends. Don't you? Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. I like salsa though. <laughs> I like everything. You know what? You know I what? I didn't everything else. Think so. I'd like guacamole for so long, but then we had it freshly prepared and yep. done with the lime juice, salt, and pepper, like the right stuff in the right order. Right. And I was like, why have I not eaten this? And then I've had some where it's just like, okay, this doesn't taste. Yeah. But we actually make it at home and love it. And you know my, you know my, uh, mm. me and my better half, we both do not like raw tomatoes. Can't that's just them. a that's can't a defect of, of some them. kind, and I know it's a fruit. Yes, it is a fruit, <laughs> but I can't I can't handle it. But I love I like it. them cooked. I like marinara sauce. I like ketchup. I like tomatoes in every other form except its raw form. Uh, and for me, Don't give me why. a tomato sandwich in the summer on a slice of lightly toasted bread, a little mayo. <laughs> oh, I'm like making me sick. Homer Simpson. My, I got drool. My uh, mom would cut a tomato up, put some mayo on it with a two piece of bread, and just make her a big old giant tomato sandwich. I'm like, Mom, are you trying to make me throw up? Oh You're trying God, to. I'm gonna throw. So up right oh, now. good. I can't imagine um, how you don't like that. I don't. I don't like green peppers. I don't like green ones. I do not like them, Sam. I am. No, I don't. If, to me, if if the if a green pepper, if they if you get them pizza, and it's got five toppings, mm-hmm. and one of them is green peppers, mm-hmm. to me, the whole pizza tastes like green peppers. And I don't they are like very that. strong. They're you got to be very careful They're how much effective. you put on yeah. there. The effective um, taste. In I like in the bell pepper family. Because my wife is the same way, where the green is just so much stronger. Yeah, I'll get the red or the yellow, I like which those are a little better. more mild. Yes, they still have the bell pepper. I think I prefer the, the yellow family, peppers. Yes, but they're not quite as strong flavoring. But I kind of like anything that's cooked or baked or sautéed because the, ch- the the flavor changes. But I'm a big green pepper fan anyway. If you, so if you take mm. onions and and sliced up potatoes and and carrots and uh, put it in a foil. Foil it up and put it in your oven and bake those three together. And that that roasted in the oven onion, carrot, potato comes out. It's just a nice side dish to to serve with like a steak or something like that. It's great. I'm getting hungry. Why are we turning this into food talk? I think I said it's a food talk for Saturday. You talked about food earlier on your show today. You know something the wife and I decided to start doing? And I don't know why we didn't do this sooner. Because we were trying to pull back on some of the carbs. We both love potatoes. And we were like, okay, we've got to pull back. We're making sweet potato instead of potato, but doing it like roasted, like we cut it up and put it in the oven, Yeah. put a little uh, salt and pepper, and then a little chili powder and a little cinnamon. I don't know why we have not been eating that. Is that good? Every, every time we were we want potato, instead of doing that, we're doing sweet potato. Holy cow, I have complete. I mean, I knew I liked it. I just don't know oh, why yeah. we didn't do it more often. It is so good. Well, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, I'm going to tell you about a Star Trek movie that has been remastered into 4K because they've never remastered it this way before. Uh, top of the line sound, picture quality, Dolby Atmos, 
it has been really given the uh, the polished treatment for a release on Paramount Plus, and it's going to be released on Blu-ray, and it's going to be released in the theater. It's the first film, Star Trek the Motion Picture. Some people joke and say it's Star Trek the Motionless Picture, but uh, I don't agree with that. I felt it was a have a soft spot in my heart. That movie is very 2001 and majestic. Speak down there. We'll talk about that when we come back. That's not very damn funny. We will return after these messages. You've got the look I want to know better. You've got the look that's all together. Working, playing, day or night. Joy Ash has the fifth night's right. Joy Ash looks. Available at Bullocks. There's a new cereal in the neighborhood with owls and ghosts. Tastes real good. Ghostbusters. Marshmallow ghosts. Fruit flavored O's. Ghostbusters taste great with milk and juice and toast. A nutritious breakfast with the ghosts. Ghostbusters. Fruit flavored O's. Marshmallow ghosts. Ghostbusters. What are you going to crunch? And now back to the guy who can actually walk and chew gum at the same time. It's BK on the air. Hey, we're back. We're BK on the air here. I got a story from MovieWeb.com. I hit it on it last week, but I didn't get to the whole thing. And I put it up on all my social media. The Ghostbusters Afterlife Ecto-1 joins other iconic movie cars in the LA Museum. I got the story. Peterson Automotive Museum will soon open its new exhibit showcasing some of the most unique and popular vehicles, motorcycles, and custom creations ever made for movies and television. Joining the new Hollywood exhibit, which is a continuation of the popular Hollywood Dream Machines, Vehicles of Science and Fantasy exhibit, which was the largest museum exhibition of sci-fi movie vehicles in the world, the new display branches out beyond a specific genre to incorporate a broad range of vehicles. Included in the space will be vehicles from the uh, blockbuster Black Panther, the trilogies of Men in Black, and Back to the Future, and the Ghostbusters and Batman series of movies. Stars of the new exhibit include the widely popular 1959 Cadillac Miller Meteor, dubbed Ecto-1. That's what that vehicle was they used in Ghostbusters, the Cadillac Miller Meteor. Originally made as the rapid response vehicle for the cast of Ghostbusters, the converted ambulance made multiple appearances in the sequels to the original 1984 hit, including the more recent reboot, Ghostbusters Afterlife, which we love, mm-hmm. by the way. Somebody asked on Twitter, what was the last time you cried in a the theater? I said, Ghostbusters Afterlife. I teared up at one moment at the end. It was just, I, I did it again it was when inevitable. I watched it. I was like, oh. It was inevitable. Oh, I was like, oh. Now, while Ecto-1 received updates to its appearance over the years, it will display, this display will be the original 1984 movie car that they used in the 84 film. Very recognizable, too, mm-hmm. by the way. Another Hollywood vehicle makes it makes its return is the in the, in the in the museum is the 1981 DeLorean time machine from the Back to the Future trilogy of movies. There's something that's just interesting. I, I love seeing perfect reproductions. But when you actually get to see and touch or whatever and experience the actual prop that was used yeah. in the film, that really gets me right here. The producers originally chose the DC-12 DeLorean as the foundation for the famous time-traveling DeLorean due to its stainless steel construction and gull-wing doors, you remember. Multiple versions of the DeLorean time machine were made throughout the years for the two sequels. 
But this is the only one example, uh, only one example appearing in all three films is this one. Other notable additions to the new exhibit include the Batmobile from Batman and Batman Returns, the uh, intricate Moto Terminator motorcycle that appeared in Terminator Salvation, and the classic 1976 Ford Grand Torino with the big white stripe on the side from Starsky and Hutch. Starsky and the Hutch. The TV show Starsky and Hutch. Now, by the way, if you want to go check this out, if you're ever, if you're out in California, you can find out more information by going to peterson.org. That P-E-T-E-R-S-E-N, peterson.org, and you can find out all about it. You know what's crazy about learning some things behind the scenes? Sometimes I wish I didn't know because now I can't either unsee them or unhear <laughs> right. them. Like I pointed out to my wife, we were watching Raiders of the Lost Ark, and I said, oh, here's that scene where the camera's pushing in. He thinks Marion's dead. Right. He's got the monkey. He's getting drunk. And then you yep. see a crew member wearing jeans and a T-shirt <laughs> in the background walking by because they didn't know they were filming. Yep. And had you never been shown that, you still, to this day, would not have ne- no, would and never seen it. And now I can't not too. look and at I it. But hate that. <laughs> I didn't know this. And now every time I hear the Ghostbuster siren, yeah, they took that from a cat. It's a breed of cat. Really? And they they went through a <laughs> messed a, a, it up a pro- little bit. Yeah. But when you hear it, it's like <laughs> it's like oh my it's god, a, it's a cat. And that's all I can hear is it's a almost feline like a cat slash duck noise. It's just yeah. so weird how they messed it up. But it's kind and, of and obviously we know we we're fans of uh, Bill Burt. Um, uh, ben Burt. Ben Burt. Yeah, the sound guy the sound for ILM. Yeah. Mixes different noises of animals yeah. and real things. But it's now that I hear it, now that I know it was taken from a right. cat. That's all I hear. Every time I hear the, the, the Ghostbusters siren, like, it was a cat that made that. That Foley work that Ben Burt does, how hard is it to go, okay, I need to come up with a sound of something that doesn't exist, a lightsaber, a, a, a spaceship, a, a robot. But the sounds that he uses for these items are just sometimes everyday things that we have in our lives. I'm glad. Manipulated a little bit, but they're, you know, they're there. I'm glad you took us on a little sideways, John, into sound for a second, because I watched a documentary on the sound design for Dune, the one that just yeah, came out, Dune one. Part 1. Yeah. And uh, Denis Villeneuve said that when he did other movies, including Blade Runner 2049, he realized some of the problem is waiting till post-production to show or get sound because you got people working on stuff, right. but they haven't been on set. They haven't seen it. They haven't felt it. They haven't been. Right. And he said, I just feel like I should bring them in sooner. So good idea. Those guys have been on the set every day. He goes, we heard what it was like to hear actual sand blowing across the desert. Right. Yeah. We could hear what it sounded like. And so when he said, I want to capture this, we could go back. And he said, it wasn't like we were getting notes in a dry room. <laughs> right. We were. And he said, he said, I think that's why our sound design works so well for the movie. And I would argue that sound design for Dune and, and 2049 is fantastic yeah. as well. Pretty incredible, huh? But the idea of bringing the people that are going to create that world, yeah. like, hey, we need to create sounds people have never heard. But they're still got to be rooted in the real world. Right. Why not? They, it couldn't hurt to have them come in and watch. And, and find I guess out what's just going on. the the tradition has always been: Hey, you guys work in your sound studio. We'll tell you what we want, or we'll send you some dailies. You look at them, cold, just completely cold. But yeah, and he said it was great because we could create stuff in conjunction and actually bring stuff to the actors right. while they're working. And so the actors can now say, "Oh, that's what it's going to sound like." When I'm imagining hearing the whispers of my ancestors, that's what they're working on, you know. Yeah. And it, it's a nice working together of that. Now, is is that? I know Dune is nominated for several Academy Awards. Is sound design one yeah. of them? Probably. Sound, okay, I figure it was. Yeah. Score. 
That's great. Uh, adaptation um, from an existing work. It's amazing that the AT walkers, the giant metal walking things from the Empire Strikes Back when they're walking, it's something simple like a, a cutting press sound of a big machine that cuts things like whatever it is, that, that pneumatic air mm-hmm. noise, and he manipulates that. But it's just a simple piece of equipment that already exists. R2-D2 consists of a lot of oops and sounds from uh, Ben Burt's baby mm-hmm. back in the day added with electronic finesse added I'm to it. I'm still amazed yeah. by the fact that the tomb, when they open in Raiders, when they pull open the Well of Souls that and noise. you hear the scrape, that's this toilet tank lid. <laughs> Ben's like, can't afford to go out and find a play, a cave. But it sounds but great. listen to this. The, it it echoes great. in the bathroom. Yeah. It sounds like this grating rock on rock. And- Sound is everything. And I would tell people, if you're doing a podcast or something, make sure you pay just as much attention to the sound as as your video and yeah, your camera. Yeah, sound quality. So you've yeah. got to be able to hear and stuff. Well, i got one more little quick story before we do a big story after we come back from the break about a Star Trek movie that's been remastered. I want to do this one. This is from avclub.com. A genius inventor has made a vacuum toy that sucks up Legos. Wouldn't that just be a vacuum? And it sucks them up and sorts them. No. As he sucks it up, yes. Maddie ben- Benedetto. That's pretty cool. Host of YouTube channels Unnecessary Inventions <laughs> on YouTube. This one's not unnecessary. I would say this is necessary. Has been wagging a noble war against Lego-related injuries. In the past, he created a pair of bespoke Lego socks that allow wearers to avoid hurting the soles of their feet when stepping on the box. And now he's going to step further, sorry, by moving beyond the world of footwear and into the realm of Lego-specific home cleaning devices, creating a vacuum that sucks up the little plastic bricks from the floor and sorts them by shape as it vacuums them vacuums them up. Benedetto says that he was inspired to pursue the idea by watching an episode of The Office where David Wallace tells Michael about his new exciting idea, a shop vac-style cleanup device that, quote, teaches kids how to pick up their own toys, unquote. Unfortunately, it was called The Suck It. It's the name of that thing, and that was funny. Now, taking Wallace's cue, Benedetto modifies a shop vac by designing and uh, 3D printing four canister inserts that filter Lego pieces by size as they're sucked up through the unit. He uses a transparent canister and improves the airflow so Lego blocks easily get grabbed up by the vacuum and move through the sorting layers with enough suction to get them properly sorted. So right there. And, 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 that's, and so on his YouTube channel, Unnecessary Inventions, I will say again, that is a necessary invention. I love that. Now, if they can only come up with another one, a vacuum cleaner that vacuums up dog toys and bones <laughs> that, that are that maybe bones that have been gnawed on on the side or something like that. Uh, so I won't step on the bone when I... You said you stepped on a bone once, didn't you? It was pretty yep. bad. We'll be back. For you parents who don't speak Klingonese, he's saying people of Earth unite and bring your kids to McDonald's for a Star Trek meal. That's a regular hamburger, fries, soft drink, a McDonald's and cookie sampler, and a Star Trek prize. Oh, he has five different boxes based on Star Trek, the motion picture, action scenes, jokes, games. He says, take it from a father who knows. His kids love him. McDonald's Star Trek meal available for your kids now. Kevin, this is Scott. Kevin, this is Scott. Do you hear me? Over and out. The Star Trek communicators with push-to-talk button. Scott, this is Kevin. My bike is broken. Can you help me? Over. Yes, but send me a signal so I can find you. Star Trek communicators with a range of 1,300 feet. Push button. Twin warp sound. Uses one 9-volt battery. Not included. 
Star Trek communicators with belt hook telescoping antenna and twin warp sound from Mego. Thrust us ahead, Mr. Sulu. Take us out. Mr. Spock, every minute brings that object closer to Earth. I need you. I am convinced we are inside a living machine. Shall I go to battle station, sir? Insatiable curiosity. Spock, you haven't changed a bit. You're just as warm and sociable as ever. <laughs> We got this one off to a good start. I hope so, too. Coming to theaters, coming to Paramount Plus, uh, coming to a Blu-ray <laughs> near you when you go and buy one in a store near you. Star Trek, the motion picture from 1979. That's the trailer for the 4K re restoration copy of this film that's going to be shown on Paramount Plus April the 5th. Coming up just uh, just in a, under a month away. I mean, less than, way less than a month away. Next month is next month April. Really, will be the first of weekend 2022? of April next week. Yeah, 1979. Was it? I guess it was well received when it came out. Some critics didn't like it. I've always had a soft spot for the first Star Trek movie, Star Trek: The Motion it Picture. It grew on me as I got older. It was not Star Wars when it came out. It was not, it was everything different than Star Wars. But Paramount sat around and wondered, you know, that big Star Wars that came out by George Lucas. We need to get something out in the theaters because this this thing is taken off this sci-fi thing. And somebody goes, "Hey, um, we have something called Star Trek. Could we do that?" And they'd already been always been talking about making Star Trek and bringing it back, and it failed. They talked again in 1978, I think, of doing a new Paramount Network, and Star Trek was going to be the main series. It failed. They just did it many years later on UPN with Voyager. They just took them about several several years to finally bring that into fruition, but. You can see Star Trek The Motion Picture is being remastered in 4K with not only the director's cut with the extra effects and shorter running time than the original film. Usually they make films longer mm -hmm. for a director's cut. Well, the story was Star Trek The Motion Picture was being edited and dropped into cans to ship to its premiere before it was ever finished. <laughs> I mean, they were getting, you know, they'll, back in the old, the old days, they shipped many canisters of film to theaters and stuff. And this one was still being developed and, and done uh, when they started shipping it out. So Robert Wise, director Robert Wise, a, a legendary director who directed uh, Day of the Earth Stood Still. He directed uh, The Andromeda Strain. Uh, but he also he directed direct, Sound of Music. He directed The Sound of Music. He was a legendary director. A versatile director, and too. He, he he didn't want to direct this first Star Trek movie. He goes, I don't want to direct that. And I think it was his. it was either his wife or his kids and go, you're turning down Star Trek? Are you crazy? Come on, you got to direct it. It's a Star Trek. Star Trek's great. So he decided to do it. Yeah, it's and a movie that grew on me as I got older because it is a science fiction movie, not yes. science fantasy. And right. it is very much in the... It's actually a really good Star Trek sh movie. Well, it is. It's about... But it, if you want more action... Strange New Worlds. <laughs> if you're looking for dastardly right. villains that are easy to identify. And well, Robert Weiss never got to do his preview of the film before it was released. Usually directors sit down, look at the film, examine mm -hmm. it, and go, okay, we need to tweak this here and there, cut this down, redo right. this. He never got to do that. It was snatched away and released 
just how it was. And he thought it was too long. Some things didn't work. He needed to fix some things and wasn't able to do that. Well, he was able to do that a few years ago, and they released a Star Trek motion picture director's cut to DVD. And that was good. I got it. It's actually a wonderful version of it. And you got the deleted scenes separately. You can watch. They even took scenes out of it to make it to cut it down a little bit. And it's a great version. It's a lot of people's favorite version now. Well, that was never released on Blu-ray. It was DVD only because, for some reason, when they made the director's edition the first time, they did not do or render the new effects in 4K or uh, high well, res or high res for right. Blu-ray. They didn't do it. They couldn't have transferred it anyway. Now they've taken, they've went back and just completely redone this film from its original well, negatives and sound and enhanced. It's not only the director's cut, but it's the enhanced director's cut that we haven't seen. So what I loved is, and I love when they do this, when they show you what, what it looked like initially and what it looks wipe. like now. Yeah. Just how clean the yeah. copy, the black now doesn't look a blackish gray. It's and deep faded, black, and foggy. Yeah. I mean, the color is vibrant. A lot of the matte lines have been removed. So clear looking. And the fact that they decided to go back and remix the audio, because that's the problem. A lot of times the older movies were only stereo. And a lot of these effects that you would want to have sound-wise didn't exist. But now people want that. And to be remixed in Atmos surround, oh, I will be buying this. Well, they said lucky viewers will be able to catch this remastered edition on the actual big screen for a two-day event. Thanks to Fathom Events, our friends at Fathom Events. Tickets will go on sale April the 8th. 2022 that's a few days after it premieres on paramount plus on the 5th of april theatrical release will be may 22nd and may 25th in may so there's another older film that we're looking forward to and i will see this because i will have never seen this version and i don't have paramount plus so i can't see it there i but can I, honestly say i never saw that in the theater I will have, well maybe we should make a plans to maybe go you know as a group it'd be, or something. It'd be we'll a fun it. popcorn and then we'll, uh, we'll afternoon review it now we'll give a more dazzling recreation of the original intentions for uh, gorgeous space vistas and other world and abstract sequences uh, producer David C. Fine and preservationist Mike Matissimo both oversaw this restoration with visual effects supervisor Darren Docherman returning to help guide the six-month process they went through to do this. Uh, he said in a statement, um, Darren said in a statement, quote, I couldn't be prouder and more thrilled to have completed the film in 4K. Paramount offered unprecedented access to the original elements and and, uh, exceptional support, and the results are stunning. Utilizing the latest discoveries and innovations of modern film production, the director's edition delivers so much more today than it was previously possible. It's an adventure you'll never forget, unquote. The home release for the motion picture promises to come with, quote, extensive new and legacy bonus content. Unquote. The exact details, which will be officially announced closer to a press release and when it comes out. So I'm hoping what they'll put on the new Blu-ray, if they do that as extras, is there was a lot of documentaries made about this show, like on Entertainment Tonight, 2020 on ABC. Remember that show mm-hmm. that Barbara Walters and Hugh Downs used to host? They did a Star Trek The Motion Picture special about it when it was about to be premiered. There's a lot of stuff that you just couldn't see, a lot of making ofs, behind-the-scenes stuff. And I remember that as a I kid, especially we'll like that. the focus on Ilea. There's this you know bald chick. Right. And- Shaved her head. She was very emotional about losing her hair. Uh, and, Princess uh, Kambata. The, the the idea of changing the costumes, like trying to update it from the television yeah. show, make it feel more right. like you are in part of a military wing. Update the, the Enterprise, future. make it look more and the score. Modern. The score to me is still, and obviously they used it for Next Generation. Another but that one score, by Jerry Goldsmith. Yeah, so good. I, I just love that. Now, did you know that Star Trek: The Motion Picture, when it was released in the theater, it was rated G. I, I got, in 1979. It must be. I mean, what well, are we going to do? But when, I don't know what they did to it or due to changing ways of rating, every subsequent release of it on either Blue on DVD, 
home video or whatever, it's rated PG. They changed the rating. I'm like, well, what did they add? What did they do any different? I think they didn't so much add anything to the director's edition or, or on, on, on general release. I just think the ratings have changed. I'm like, no. but what's in Star Trek The Motion Picture that would make it PG-13? I mean, the people dying in the transporter, maybe? There was that. And, accident? and you hear about it, and you hear their screams. There's I think screams and stuff, the yeah. PG, it probably should have been PG, but I think people just looked at it, and they saw like it was this long drawing piece, Star and they Trek. go, you know what? It's Star Trek. It's Star Trek. We're just gonna get, it's but, a movie version of a TV show. But I think PG makes sense because... You've got the threats uh, when they get caught in that right. little wormhole, and you feel people are in peril, and right. that can make a kid feel nervous. Oh, yeah. And did you know another bit of trivia? You may, may or not. I doubt I know. Did you remember as a kid, did you ever get, you ever get any Happy Meals from McDonald's? Oh, you remember yeah. That? Did I get Happy Meals? Yes. The first movie tie-in of a Happy Meal from McDonald's was Star Trek, the motion picture. Was That's uh, the first one they ever did. Who did the Star Wars glasses? Star Wars glasses was uh, Burger was that Chef. Bur- Burger Chef? Yeah, they 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 got the only contract for that. The small chain Burger Chef got Star Wars posters and glasses. Because remember back then, because I had, Star Wars would didn't think it was. We gonna be had that great. them, and of course get moved and got older. And yeah. my mom was like, "We don't need these," and threw them away. Now I wish I had the original collector's right. glasses. Had Han Solo, C three PO, and R two D two, and right, and obviously Luke. R two D two, hurry up. Hello, welcome to Burger Chef. We'd like a Star Wars poster, please. I knew it. Well, all you do is buy a large serving of Coca-Cola for 49 cents, and the poster's yours. R2, look, it's us. (laughs) R2, I think we'd better leave. Collect all four Star Wars posters only at Burger Chef. At the time when Star Trek The Motion Picture was filmed and made, it was the most expensive motion picture ever produced at the time at, I think, $42 million. Uh-huh. But it was released in December of 79, so it went over. It was a cusp into the eight, 1980, so it released December, early December of 1979 is when it was released. Uh, I was just excited to see Star Trek return because I was such a Star Trek fan at that point, mm-hmm. junior high school, watching it every afternoon on television and reruns. I would, I would just beg mom, mom, get Cheerios, get Cheerios. You don't even like Cheerios. Yeah, but there's Star Trek collector cards on the back. I'll eat them, I swear. <laughs> I'll eat the I want to cut those cards off. You uh, give me enough sugar, I'll eat a bowl of Cheerios. The Tops, Tops collector cards did a Star Trek, the motion picture series with stickers and cards. Same company that does the sports cards, you know, Tops. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did uh, Wonder Bread cards, I think. And, uh, or Star Wars did a Wonder Bread cards, but there were different cards in your Wonder Bread than there were in Tops. I had a bunch cards, of Star Wars Wonder Bread cards, too, at one point in time. And make fun of Star Trek the motion picture all you want. All the merchandise from that film is incredibly expensive now because they they didn't do a lot of it, but it's kind of rare now. Mego did figures for mm-hmm. Star Trek the motion picture, twelve inch figures. They also did really small, small Star Wars size ones too. There was a there was a structure there was a there's an Enterprise toy that came out that would had a little uh, dial on the top that you turn and the warp engines would come on, turn it up, and it would go oh. down as you turned it down. Model kits. Uh, just a lot, just a lot of stuff came out for Star Trek: The Motion Picture. I will tell you, different. my first model of the Enterprise was based off of Wrath of Khan. You had the Wrath of Khan. I box. had the Wrath of Khan <laughs> one yeah. that I put together that actually had on the inside before you snap the the saucer it had together. The lights. Had the little lights. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's love that. First released with the motion picture. Every every Star Trek model kit of the Enterprise was the same, except they took the lights away later. But it's the same mold. They just stuck the different movie on the cover of the box when it would come out for the new movie. So live long and prosper. Check out Star Trek The Motion Picture. 4K coming out. Speaking on there. Thanks, for everyone, for being there. You can do it. You can do the Vulcan salute. You're doing it right now. Yeah, but we're, we, we can't touch. Don't do that salute, though. I don't oh, like no. that one. Speaking on there. Hey. See you next weekend on the podcast.
The train! Let's beat it! Come on, hurry! We can make it! Hey, stop! It's too late to cross! Hold up! That's a dangerous game you two were playing. Listen to your friend Chris. Those gates are provided as a warning to let you know that it's not safe to cross. We could have been hurt. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! 